0: Again to the Fish Cast. Uh, my name is Corey Long, and joined as always by Charles Fishbine, uh, a little bit under the weather. Charles Fishbine, who's been under the weather for a few days now, which is why we're a little slow on this one. Try 10. 10 days now for over a week. How are you feeling? Are you starting to feel like you're coming off the bend, or
1: uh, I'm smelling the Vicks stuff just coming off my chest and into my nose, so. You know, I feel like an old man now, you know, like I rubbing myself with this fist to try to clear up my head, so.
0: Oh yeah, that vapor rub. That vapor rub is pretty good, man. That vapor rub is, does the trick. I can tell you that much. That vapor rub can be solid. Um, well, okay, we're not going to not be around the bush too much cuz I know you're even you've been, you've been pretty tired lately and uh, you know, we wanted to get one in. Um, Talk a little bit about the big news was a uh, FSU their their athletic director Michael Alford finally did what somebody needed to do, which was let the world know how bad the ACC's media deal is right now. Not you know bad with ESPN, bad amongst the schools with the ACC, and that they really can't escape it, but they can't compete either. So, Alfred uh, had a had a meeting with the board of trustees, and if you you can watch this on YouTube, it's like ten minutes, and it's very it's very choreographed. I mean, they're, the people that are asking him questions know the answers; they're just trying to put it out in public. The whole thing was very well done, but it's very choreographed. It wasn't like somebody was shocked to see that things were this bad. It was a. Uh, it was, but it, but it was orchestrated perfectly, like it needed to be. Some of Alfred's quotes, uh, and I'll just write a few of them off. "Quote at the end of the day, for Florida State to compete nationally, something has to change moving forward." That was his big start. We cannot be thirty million behind every year compared to our peers. Um, uh, you know. And he suggests instead of splitting the TV revenue equally, he suggested a new model partly based on performance and brand power. And you know he used some uh, he used a lot of data to show, which is correct that FSU, even during their bad seasons, FSU football absolutely drives the ratings machine at the ACC. It's FSU, Clemson, Miami, pretty much that do that. Um, you know, the exit fee would be, uh, if, the exit, if, if that makes you want to leave the ACC, the exit fee is about $120, 125000000 That's not the problem. The problem is the grant of rights and the ACC schools have basically given the ACC their grant of rights until 2036. What that means is that FSU can go where they want, but their media rights still belong to the ACC, which means that they have no real leverage during another conference because they can be a member of any conference, but their media rights would not be part of the deal. And without the media rights, what doesn't matter. So the point is they have to do something. I think this was the right move in the sense that it's got people talking. He's brought attention to it. We knew for a very long time that the ACC was running out a budget deficit compared to the other conferences. Alfred makes the points that not only are they making far more than the conferences right now, I mean, the SEC is making – about three and a half times more. The Big Ten will be making close to five times more. But both of those, you know I mean, Uh, the Big 12 is going to make at least twice as much, and the Pac-12 is going to make more. And in each one of those cases, all four of those conferences will go back to the negotiating window before the ACC deal runs out. So they have a chance to double up on what they've done because they did short deals, whereas uh John Swelford uh he signed I think it was a turned out to be a 25 year deal or something like that on this with the belief that college sports was had kind of topped out in terms of its value. He was very wrong. It was a horrible miscalculation. You know that 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 happens. But uh you don't give up that much term. And that's what they're finding out right now is that they just are really caught in a deal that's going to be hard to get out of. So, just overall, your thoughts. And we we know that the deal the deal stinks. We already know that. But where, where do they go from here?
1: First off, we know that we really don't know the whole situation because I've read different things all week. I saw something where if eight teams in the in the ACC decide to get out of the grant of rights, that it would kill the deal that they can not get out of it until i know all the facts i really don't know how much of an opinion i can give on this i do think it's a terrible deal i do think that um florida state's looking into how to get out of this with the with the least pain if if you sit there and you're going to make 100 million dollars a year in the big 10 and you're only making 30 um in the acc or 35 or 40 how long will it take you to recover some of those loss are you would it would take only two years because you're you're in the big 10 and you're going to get a hundred and something million dollars right there every year once you join that you could offset some of those losses after only about a year and a half there's some things to look at and i think that's what alfred's looking at is all those pieces florida state needs to do something and so do the rest of the acc teams or they will not be competitive in three or four years it's just the facts the numbers don't lie It's one thing um, if you have, uh, you know, a gap of 30 or 40 million, it's not that big of a deal. But when you start to talk 70 million over 10 years, that's $700 million more than an SEC or a Big Ten team is going to bring in every year. You can't compete at a Florida State or even a Clemson uh, just on booster money trying to make up that difference. It just isn't going to happen. Now that you have the NIL deals as well, these schools are going to be so far behind that you're going to only have about seven or eight schools at the end of the day, maybe 10 that can really compete at the highest level. Um, So there's going to have to be something that has to change. Um, I think, I don't believe Florida state will be in the ACC by 2036. I think something will happen. That's just my belief. I don't believe they're going to be there. We could get in a disagreement about this. I think they will be in another conference. Or the ACC will merge with another conference, whether it's the Pac-12 or the Big uh, Big Twelve. It's not going to look this way by twenty thirty six. There's going to either be added teams and more revenue added to the pool, whether Notre Dame finally gets into the mix or something. Something drastic is going to have to happen uh, between now and then.
0: Yeah, it, it, it makes me wonder. I mean, can the I mean, can the ACC really survive this? Because if if you look at it. You know, the one thing the ACC is that no other conference is, is they're a hodgepodge of a lot of different things. You've got really large public schools. FSU is a large public. Uh, North Carolina North Carolina State are large public schools. Um, you know, you've got a big private school in Miami. You've got smaller private schools in like Wake Forest and Boston College. Duke is a national brand. Like Duke is a huge brand, you know, just because they're not a huge brand in football, obviously, but their basketball is a you know, it's it's the it's the global brand in college sports in terms of basketball. So there's an amazing situation there. You've got publics like public schools like Virginia, which are, you know, that which are, you know, more which are far more, you know, concerned about being at the top of like US News and World Reports, you know, top 25 public, uh, you know, top 10, top 20 public uh, schools in terms of education, which is great. So you got a lot of different things and everybody's got different needs. So I I don't see what I don't see is the proposal that Alfred's making that everybody get paid a little differently. I just don't see that one working out. I think that would be the best. I mean, I think if the ACC, if the powers that be were smart, that would be kind of where I would go uh, but uh you know I don't I don't think they're really going to be able to get there. Now uh FSU's not alone right away. Um, the Clemson uh, I'm trying to look up the uh, I know the Clemson ad also put out a statement uh, I'm gonna look at it right here. He says quote, we certainly recognize the investment that we've continued to make as an institution. In our community, in athletics, namely in football, which certainly drives a lot of the value that is important for from a television and revenue generation standpoint, is it time revenue is is it time is it time revenue distribution within conferences, or at least the ACC is done differently? Yeah, I've been very active in those conversations within the league, and I expect leader to take a leadership role in our desire for that. To be a changed circumstance urgently. So yeah, Clemson is basically saying the same thing: we need more money, we need it now. So I guess, and we'll leave it at this. We're right now in 2023. Let's go 2026. Does the ACC still exist in any form?
1: No. I, I, I don't believe, know what I feel. I yeah, I, I, feel. I believe it's it's done as a conference. Uh, they did it to themselves. Yeah. Uh, um, why Texas and Oklahoma weren't approached a long time ago, it makes no sense. They've had chances to, you know, why wasn't he? Listen, why the USC and UCLA were already moving out of their conference. I just think you could have gotten two if you had gotten Oklahoma and you had gotten Texas in the ACC how much better of a conference is it? Is it you're talking a conference that now is competing or close to competing with the SEC? And I think it would have bypassed the ACS, uh the Big Ten, um, at that point. It's just you, you didn't have forward thinkers. These guys, it always seems like they were always late to every situation. Uh, the, the first time around when you had uh, a realignment, they didn't seem like they wanted to be part of it. It, it just Bad leadership at the top, um, a lot of mistakes made, and now the rest of these schools are paying for it uh, just because people didn't care. You know, they were more cared about their basketball programs. And at the end of the day, football rules. It basically helps these athletic departments survive. And you just – I don't know how these athletic departments think that that other sports are going to survive if the football program is losing money every year. Uh, it just—it doesn't make sense. I would never allow these guys to have anything to do with my uh, bank account or pick my portfolio. I could tell you that because you'd probably be broke. Yeah, and you
0: can, you know, and you can start to see where it breaks down. Like, what schools would want to be in the Big Ten? Well, you would assume that Duke would be in line for that. You would assume that Virginia would be interested in that. You could assume that Pitt and Syracuse would both be interested in joining that conference. You know, obviously the Big Ten wants, you know, they would want some dance partners to go along with Northwestern. Duke is perfect for that. Um, you know, Virginia's perfect for that. You know, they they fit their kind of they fit their all their their mold of all sports. You know, they've all got very good basketball histories. They've all done decent enough in football but over the last few years to be considered competitive. So, you know, you can you can start to see where these things break down, and it just comes down to, you know, where do, you know, do, does situation like FSU, Clemson, Miami, maybe another school, maybe Virginia Tech, or maybe Georgia Tech or somebody decides, you know what, we want to try the Big 12. Does the SEC come back in there and decide they want to go shopping? Um, you know, where was a situation like, where did North Carolina and North Carolina State end up? You know, there's a, there's a lot of little things, but – I'm with you. I think we could see a, a, a we could see the ACC dissolve pretty quickly, and they, they've tried to keep it together. You know, they tried with this with the playoff situation. That was their only leverage point was the playoff expansion by changing some of these TV deals and getting themselves a little more money, knowing that they that they're still going to have the same deficit because everybody gets all the money from those things. But at least give yourself more money to be able to compete from a foundational standpoint you know right now it's just you know right now they're they're in trouble so we'll see where this one goes like uh like you said fishes there's a lot of leg work that needs to be done we just want to hit on a general standpoint big uh you know we're gonna get to some other stuff i saw a couple weeks ago and we talked about this was that espn.com did like a ceiling floor thing with uh, a bunch of teams like their top 25 teams so i said well shoot we should do that ourselves we Should take you know teams in the state the state of florida that we live in how to do a ceiling and floor look at their schedule see what their ceiling is as a team which would be their best record and their floor which would be their worst record um, and we're going to go through a few of the schools now since we've been talking about florida state I say we start with Florida State, and uh, as soon as I can figure out how to uh, share my screen, I will jump up the interview. Let me see. Yeah, I will uh, jump up the. Uh, oh, hold on one second. I got to do some things on my end too. But I will jump up the. Uh, I will jump up the. Um, uh, I will jump up the, the schedule here. We're gonna read off Florida State schedule just because I have to do a couple of preference things on my Mac before I can share the screen so before I do that let me uh, let me read this off and you can figure out you can figure out what you think their ceiling is all right FSU schedule. Um, September 3rd uh, they are playing LSU in Orlando. September 9th which is a Saturday uh, they'll play Southern Miss at home. September 16th they are at Boston College. September 23rd, they are at Clemson. Uh, they have a bye week, and they come back <clears throat> on October 7th, host Virginia Tech. October 14th, they'll host Syracuse. October 21st, they host Duke. and October 28th, they go at Wake Forest. November 4th, at Pitt. On uh, November 11th, they host Miami. November 18th, they host North Alabama. And November twenty fifth, uh, they are at the Florida Gators to close out that that twelve game stretch. Just offhand, where do you see the ceiling out of this team? Can they go twelve and zero? Do you see a twelve and zero ceiling there?
1: No, I, I I just think in general, I don't care how good you are, it's hard to go twelve and zero. Uh, you've seen some great Alabama teams over the past ten years, not be able to get to twelve and zero. Uh, Georgia just got to their first undefeated season this year. Uh, they had a chance the year before and lost to Alabama. It's just it's very difficult to go unbeaten in college football, period. I don't care who you are. Um, I think this team has a chance to be very good. They bring back pretty much everybody on their team. Um, you know, they do have some weaknesses and flaws in the team, but it's a team that I do think uh, that 10 win is their ceiling. Um, possibly everything goes right and maybe they get to 11 wins in the regular season. But I do think 10 wins is right about uh, their expectations of where they should be at. It's just, like I said, it's difficult. You got to figure with their schedule, they got a hard schedule that there's going to be one or two games that they just, maybe there's one game of the tough games they lose. And maybe they lose to one team. They're not supposed to like an NC state they did last year. Uh, You look at the out wake and at pit back to bat weeks, uh, it's not those aren't too easy places to go play could they possibly have a game where they fall to one of those two teams uh you know those games are right before a Miami game which is a rivalry game uh so you never know i this going to be a tough schedule for them uh but not one that they can't win 10 or 10 possibly 11 if everything goes right
0: so yeah all right there i was able i'm able to share the screen now um yeah so I guess I like to just break it down month by month. And uh, so you're saying 11 or 1 is your ceiling pretty much. Yes. And I, I pretty I agree with that. I don't see them getting out of September undefeated. Right. I just, you know, between the LSU game in Orlando and the Clemson game on the road, you've got 20 days in between there. Um, I, I actually see Southern Miss being probably a trickier game than the road game at Boston College.
1: Yeah.
0: If I had to guess, and I don't think they'll lose either one of them. But, no, but that, that's
1: a game you, <laughs> you're looking at. Maybe it's 20 to 10 at halftime, and you got to score a couple touchdowns in the second half to make it a 34-10. And it was tougher than you thought. Uh, yeah. Southern you know, Southern Miss brings back one of the best running backs uh, in the country. Uh, and Florida State has shown to struggle stopping the run of time. So, you know, uh, Frank Gore's son is very good. And um, it's it's stuck between LSU. It's one of those games where you're coming off the LSU game. It's it's on a short week. Uh, the emotion may not be there as much. That will probably be a noon game for Florida State. So you know how it is. Emotionally, you're coming off a game that's tough the week before. There could be a little letdown, and you don't come out and play as well that second game.
0: Yeah. October, it just you know looks like they should be able to roll through October. Um, you know, the only, I mean, I don't think Virginia Tech's close to where they were in terms of being a quality opponent. Syracuse, you know, Syracuse is, you know, they, they had a good, they're, they're, I guess if you don't want to face Syracuse, you don't want to face them in the first half of the season, you know, but by this point, mid October, that's when you don't know how their depth is going to really react for them or not. Duke is, you know, Duke is solid. Duke's going to be solid under Mike Elko. I don't think that they're good enough to win, but they're probably the toughest game they'll have in October. And again, you know, without Sam Hartman, I think Wake Forest is just a much different team. They'll be well coached. They'll probably be tougher than you expect, but I think they'll win. November is what gets me a little bit. Like, I I can easily see a 7-1 team going into November. At Pitt is a funny game. Miami at home is, you know, I don't know what Miami team will see this year. You know, they're a younger team. They've got some good young players, and they'll be nine or, you know, they'll be eight, nine, ten games into their run. I mean, North Alabama, they're going to roll. And I think Florida, they're considerably better than Florida. So it's those two games in November. So I'm also with you, 11-1 and ceiling. Where do you see the floor at?
1: Um. You know, eight and four would be – it would be, you know, not a good season for them considering all the expectations. But we've talked about this. They're going to have a target on their back. Um, they could easily come out of September uh, two and two, uh, losing to Clemson and LSU. And at that point, is this team as mentally strong as the teams – listen, once you have expectations and those expectations aren't met, um, you lose – you lose those games now. All of a sudden, do the kids respond if they're out of the national championship race and the playoff race? Um, you have a loss to Clemson. All of a sudden, you every game after that Clemson game becomes very important because other ACC games, you lose a second game in the ACC, they may not recover from that because you got some teams like North Carolina that are probably not going to lose more than one game in the ACC next year. Uh that 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 game against Clemson uh could be their season. And the team comes out of that first four games, two and two. You don't know what the mindset's gonna be. Do some of those guys start to go, all right, I don't want to get injured. Um, we had a good season last year. This it, it's it's easier to get to where they got last year, and it's harder to make that next jump. Getting the 10 wins was The easier part, even though they struggled those first two years, but it is easier to get to that program of that. You know that jump from 10 to 12 or into that playoff race is a lot harder. Uh, A lot more goes into it. And once those expectations are set, this team expects to be in the playoffs or at least win the ACC. And if they lose that Clemson game, now every game after that is basically a playoff. How does this team respond If they come out of that first month, two and two.
0: Yeah. I mean, really two and two, because you're bringing so much back and you've worked really hard. They've invested a lot of resources in bringing, running this back. So, you know, they're not running it back for a 10 and two season. That's fine. It's a fine season. Uh, You know, probably wouldn't get you in the playoff. Um, You know, they're not running, you know, they're running this back to be a playoff team. So really, anything less than that, you know, once you get under ten wins, it becomes a real, you know, just just kind of a you know, it comes a little bit of a disappointment. I, I would say the same thing. Their floor, I can't see five losses here. I can see four, you know, and that's assuming that
1: five would have to be Jordan yeah, Travis that, goes down. Yeah, Jordan Travis be, Jordan yeah, Travis it, would have to get injured, and in some of their top end pieces, whether it's Verse some of the other guys would have to go down it just too much would have to i i see almost zero possibility of them losing five games i think four would be the like really a lot would have to go wrong even to lose four i think this team probably is 9 and 3 at worst yeah just because they have so many ex- they have a lot of experience it's it's amazing how many guys on this roster have taken snaps
0: yeah a lot of experience. Really, a very manageable schedule once you get past September. Um, you know, you look there's it's 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 very easy to see this team ruining their final eight games. They're going to be favored in all of them. You would assume. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Eleven and one, eight and four, and you know that was kind of an senior one. Let's, uh oh? We're worried now. We got we got to hurry up because once the coughing starts, it doesn't stop. No. All right. Next one we're going go to we're gonna go to Miami, if I can. Uh, we'll go. Uh, we're not going to, we're, we're going to, I can run through it real fast for those of you listening. Uh, Friday, they host Miami of Ohio when a rare battle of Miami versus Miami. They uh, will,
1: they will beat, they will beat themselves in the spring game. So they, they will have one win there.
0: Yeah. They will win their spring game, too. Yes. They will win their spring game in about six weeks. Um, they host Texas A&M on September 9th, a short week, and they'll host Bethune-Cookman that following Thursday on the 14th. At Temple on the 23rd, they'll have a bye week in there. Then they uh host Georgia Tech on the 7th, at North Carolina on the 14th, <laughs> host Clemson on October 21st, host Virginia on October 28th. They're at NC State on November 4th, at Florida State on the 11th. Host Louisville on the 18th and at Boston College on a Friday, on Thanksgiving Friday, on November 24th. Oh, what's your ceiling here?
1: Um, I think eight and four um, is their ceiling. Maybe if they get lucky. Uh, they have improved the whole line a lot, and I do like what Mario brought in in the run game with the, the running back out of Heritage. I think he can take some pressure on the off the defense. I think their D coordinator they hired – was an unbelievable hire. I think Miami hit it out of the park, so I definitely think on defense they'll be a lot more aggressive. This is a very manageable schedule. You're looking at Miami, Ohio, Bethune, Temple, uh, Georgia Tech. That's four wins right there. Uh, They beat Virginia last year. I think that's five wins. Um, NC State I don't think will be as good. That's six wins possibly. That's a 50-50 game. Uh, Boston College is a win. Um, That's seven wins, so they can go anywhere from 6 and 6 to 8 and 4 i think that that's what they're looking at they'll be above 500 this year they'll be a lot better uh they bring back a you know their veteran quarterback i think he's going to have a lot better season i just think they're going to be a better team year 2 is where you usually see the tr- the jump um they've got they've got talent on that team to be a lot better especially up front their offensive line is going to be probably the most improved unit on the team uh coming in what they've recruited and what they brought in in the portal. They brought in one of the top centers uh, from UCF. I think they're going to have a much improved team, and it's a team that could get to uh, that eight win, but that's that's everything's got to go right, um, and six wins is the worst-case scenario uh, for them. They'll make a bowl game this year. It's just they have too many easy games, um, and I know they lost to the Middle Tennessee State last year, but you know what? I think they'll get over that hump of, losing to those type of teams I mean you look at the Bethunes and the and the temples of the world those are those are those are games you have to win uh Mario has to win and I expect them to get over that hump this year
0: uh yeah I I look at the schedule and uh it looks nice I mean you're looking at an Am game at home from possibly going five and zero. To you know, when you when you going at North Carolina, I actually see their ceiling at nine and three. Um, because I look and I say, okay, Clemson loss, I think is going to happen. They're going to lose a Clemson at home. Are they going to lose a Florida State? I I'm gonna. There's another loss somewhere in there. I couldn't I couldn't guarantee it's at North Carolina, just because you and I both watched enough North Carolina to know that. Some weeks they just decide they're not going to play. Yeah, like they're just not going to do it. And it, defensively, they've been bad. So like, you really, it's really hard to trust them. Um, so I, I like them as a, as a nine and three ceiling. If they, especially if they're going to run the ball as well as I think they are, if they are, if they can run the ball and be a dominant run team, they can they can definitely change a lot of the uh, a lot of their expectations. Mm-hmm. Floor. You know, going back here, you can see a loss. You can see a loss at AM. You can see the loss, Clemson, North Carolina. Um you know, NC State on the road, no guarantees. I mean, conceivably you can see five and seven, it'd be really hard. Again, they would need another another bad year of injuries like this year to get there. I'll say floor five and seven, but it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot to get there. I think I really think this looks like a seven and five team. Um, you know, even I think six and six is even six and six. It might take a lot to get there, but I, it could happen. Uh, five yeah. and seven, I would say, is an absolute floor. They're not gonna lose more than five. But they let this this schedule tells me this is a seven win team at worst. Probably, I think they'll finish seven and five, eight and four. And, it's and, a very
1: uh, man. It's a very manageable, very
0: manageable schedule because you look at some of the tougher games, like Louisville's first year under Brom. I don't think they'll be. I think they're going to be good. I just don't think they'll be good this year. I think this year is going to be their kind of their growth year. So they're they're getting some teams that they can beat.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you look. Virginia replaces their quarterback. NC yeah. State replaces their quarterback. Louisville replaces their quarterback. BC replaces their quarterback. They're going to get a lot of guys. Like, NC State has a quarterback from Virginia. Well, they beat him last year when he was at Virginia. So, like, they're not – and that was a bad Miami team. So, they're not really – when they step on the field, Van Dyke's the better quarterback than the guys that they're going against. So, I definitely think, um, like you said, th- their schedule's very manageable next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh hmm. I typed in Florida, but I'm not gonna go there yet because I think we gotta there's a few things. I think is gonna be the most interesting of the bunch. So let me go with UCF. Uh I'm gonna go with UCF first. Uh uh first, the first year in the Big 12. All right, so you open up the season on August 31st against Kent State. Then on the 9th, they get a long, they get a little extended stretch. They're at Boise State. Uh, They host Villanova on the 16th, then then the Big 12 schedule starts. At Kansas State on the 23rd, Baylor at home on the 30th, at Kansas on the 7th, at Oklahoma on the 21st, hosting West Virginia on the uh, 28th, at Cincinnati on the 4th, hosting Oklahoma State on the 11th, at Texas Tech on the 18th and hosting Houston on the 25th. What do you got with this one?
1: Wow. This ain't – this isn't the conference they just left. No, 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 no. Like, like, can you scroll that schedule up to, to – yeah. I mean, they can conceivably be one. They could be going two and five into their bowl game. I mean, their bye week. I mean, it's – at Kansas State, listen – at Kansas, at Kansas State and at Kansas, when you're UCF and you've never really played west of the Mississippi, it's it, at Boise State. Is I don't see them winning that game. I, I just it's very hard for East Coast teams to travel west, and when you have a program that hasn't done it, um, yeah, it, it, this could be a very rough start to them in this Big Twelve conference. Yeah, uh, and then. They got at Oklahoma, West Virginia, at Cincinnati. I I don't see a whole bunch of games where you're like, all right, Oklahoma State um, at Texas Tech, they play Houston. There's not a lot of games in there where you're like, all right, they're guaranteed to win this game. I mean, what game in that stretch from Baylor to Houston can you go guarantee me a win that you'd like – or Kansas State down. If you go from Kansas State down to Houston – which one of those games would you say fish they're definitely going to win that
0: i think here's the funny thing i think the most winnable game might be at cincinnati because since he's lost so much and lost their coach and lost luke fickle but that's on the road in november so it's not even a a favorable situation like i i we've talked about this before i do not like the roster that ucf is bringing in to the big 12 i thought I thought at this point, Gus Malzahn, I thought they'd be a little better in terms of the talent they've got. They'll score. They'll, they'll be competitive.
1: But I, I don't see a but, lot. But the score. one thing, Corey, and we've talked about this, all right, we said about FSU and Oklahoma last year. Most of these teams have the athletes to play with UCF, but they're bigger up front. They are yeah. going to be overmanned. Baylor's O-line and D-line is going to be a lot for them to handle. Um, Kansas, that will be, that's going to be a 55 to 50 tight game. Um, it's going to be the last team with the ball, Oklahoma. I just don't see them winning at Oklahoma. I'm sorry. Like that's a bad matchup for UCF. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, West Virginia is a very similar team. They got a coach that has to win next year. Um, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting. I, I just, like you said, out of the final four games, Cincinnati's the only one and it's on the road that you're like, all right, they do they are are they even favored in any of these games? That's what's crazy. I don't see it. Like, I don't see it either. I'm I'm looking, I'm trying to think of a of a seat of, of a what is a ceiling here? I mean, okay. I mean, Kent State, listen, Kent State played with Georgia last year. That's the type of game that UCF could lose in their opener. I'm not it's yeah. it's not a guaranteed win. They'll win. They're probably a 65% chance of winning that game. Yeah. But Kent State, did, they bring everybody back, even other than their head coach, but they bring back their quarterback and some of their skill guys that they played against Georgia and they gave Georgia a game. That's, yeah. It's not a game that your players get up for. I mean, like, upsets happen all the time in the opener. I mean, this is a team that they may go into the Villanova game and that's a must win just to get – this is a team that, you know – their floor is very low. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look. Kansas
0: State wins the Big Twelve this year. Baylor wins the Big Twelve last year. Yep. Kansas, as we saw them several times, tremendously coached. Yep, Lance Lightley-Pole has coached them extremely well. They're very explosive. I mean, this is the thing that I think is going to like these. All of these teams are so explosive on offense. Like it's before you know. UC see fast. You see they could score and out it's hard to outscore Big 12 teams. Like it's a hard thing to do. And you can't afford to have, you know, the one thing is we've watched a lot of UCF football, all those wasted possessions they had in the American, you can't afford to have that. You're down twenty one nothing if you're waste if you're if you're having a couple of thirty second uh,
1: out possessions. These these teams will score on you so quick and put you in such a hole. And then all of a sudden, if your defense isn't on that day at, where you need one stop, maybe two, all of a sudden you're you're on the wrong end of 45 to 24, you know, 45-17. And I think this is – I didn't realize their schedule was so tough. Um, this is a must-win season two for Gus. I, I really thought they hit a home run with him as a hire. Um, his teams have kind of not lived up to their potential. And this is a tough start to a new conference. Uh, he he's going to have some answering to go through in the off. It, it, this going to be a tough season for UCF. I'd like to see the total if they're if they're over under a six wins. I I think they're going to have a hard time reaching six wins.
0: Well, so what's your ceiling when you look at this? What's your ceiling? Um,
1: six. I think six and six is a is a ceiling for this program.
0: Yeah, let me look. All right, can't stay. All right, so let's let's say they can we can say they can upset Boise, I guess. That puts you I don't see them like I don't see any situation where they don't so four and two is the best case scenario after the first. Like just the absolute best. They're not beating Oklahoma. I don't think they're winning any more of their road games. So I'll say six and six two, but uh, that's a tentative. Like five and seven feels more like their ceiling. To be honest with you, it feels much. But we're talking ceiling, absolute best case. I mean, they right played
1: now. Houston this year, right? No, they did not. So, I mean, that's and they, yeah. they went. You know, they won nine and five last year in that conference. And you got to remember when I saw the Duke game because
0: they played Duke. Uh, in the bowl game and duke just absolutely smashed up Duke yeah. just you beat the Tara. What was the final score? That was uh it was uh it was it was thirty third thirty to
1: thirteen. And the game I mean, wasn't even that close.
0: No when you look at the box like when you start looking at the actual statistical elements of it um UCF they're you know they, they got a hundred they had they ended up with 350 yards, 360 yards of offense, only averaging 3.6 yards a carry. Uh, you know, they they didn't turn the ball over a lot, but they just could not stop Duke. Like, the little thing, like, Duke's not a physical team, and they average four and a half yards a carry. So they're a much more physical team than they're going to face. Oh. You know, <laughs> exactly.
1: They're, face, so, they're facing a lot better teams than Duke in this conference.
0: So, what's our floor here? As we go back to it. We got we'll both take six and
1: six as a ceiling. What's our floor? I think four and eight is their floor. Um, I think there's a very good chance they only win four games this year. I you know I could see them losing to Boise, Kansas State, Baylor. I Like the only guarantee wins I think are close to that is Kent State, Villanova. Maybe Cincinnati, like you know, West Virginia, we don't know if that team's a mess by then and they've quit on their coach. You know, that coach is on the hot seat. Um, I don't see them winning against Oklahoma State or Texas no. Tech. You know, at Texas Tech, I think that could be a bad loss. Um, Houston, they've played in the same conference. They're they're both kind of starting at the same spot. That could be a win. But you know, by that point of that season, we've seen it with the UCF before, like, you know, they may not even care by that part of the season since they're not bowl eligible, you know, so. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I got, I got, I got their ceiling, I got their floor 2-10. I really can't see, like, I can see them beating, I can see them beating Kent State, I can see them beating Nova. I could easily see them going over, but if I don't think they will. I think 3-9 is probably a more, low worst case scenario, but two and ten can absolutely happen because <laughs> I can just see them losing a lot of close games at home. A lot of 40, 45, 38 games, a lot of 41, 34 games at home. And those just, you know, they're not they're not your typical bad two and ten, three and nine team, but they just lost all the close games.
1: Well you know how the Big 12 is these teams can boat race you. You know they just they don't stop scoring. Yeah, and if you're if they like you said UCF wastes a lot of possessions. Um, They don't have a listen. They really don't have a quarterback that throws the ball real well. No. Um, You know they could be in a lot of bad games.
0: Yeah. Uh. Real quickly, we'll run to a US. We're going to get back to Florida. We went through USF real real fast just because uh, we got people that love USF that listen, and I don't want to hate on them. they got a new coach. Uh, They basically have a restructured conference that looks a lot more like Conference USA, which should work in their favor. I think USF has won something like, what, three games in three years or four games? They have a spot. I think they'll win at least four games this year. Obviously, you see Alabama. We're not putting that one as a win. Well why, why
1: not? Really? The why United not? Alabama. Yeah, why not? They host Alabama, which means they'll draw Dude, more than the Bucks will this year. I, I remember when Howard played uh UNL UNLV and Howard was like um like ten thousand to like you literally could bet one dollar and win like ten thousand. That was like the money line, and Howard won. I think this line could be bigger, like it'd be the yeah. biggest upset in college football history if yeah. USF pulled that one out.
0: Exactly. I mean, it'll be a good recruiting weekend because I'll have a lot of top-end kids that'll be that'll go to Tampa to see Alabama. Uh, all right, they start at Western Kentucky, which isn't a, it's not a good start already. They're already they're already losing in the, in the, in the, <laughs> on the opener. Uh, let's see: host Florida A&M, host Alabama, host Rice, at Navy, at UAB. They're homecoming. They're going to host Florida Atlantic on October fourteenth. At UConn on the 21st. If you remember those classic USF-UConn matchups. Uh, <laughs> at Memphis on November 4th. They host Temple on November 11th. Uh, they're at Texas-San Antonio on the 17th. And then they host uh, Charlotte on November 25th to round out the season. Uh ah! I I like them. uh, You know what? Ceiling, I'm going to give them five wins. I think this is – I mean, these teams are nowhere near as daunting as the All-American were. Like, they can beat Rice, I
1: think. You know, I'm looking at this schedule. Corey, call me crazy. I think they could get to six. I think six. I think, (laughs) think, like, the one thing is, all right, in the conference before – the automatic losses were Cincinnati, Memphis, UCF every year. Houston. They don't yeah, and Houston. They don't have those four teams. Yeah. They've and they've added like Rice, you know, Rice and, Navy, and and Navy and UAB um has a new coach. Florida Atlantic has a new coach. UConn I mean the coach did a great job last year, but that's not that's not a, a unwinnable game. I mean, Memphis is most likely a loss. Temple, I mean, this is not a terribly uh, – Charlotte, I mean, these aren't world-beating teams. Like, they have, they'll actually not be a three- to four-touchdown underdog in these games. They're going to be maybe a 10-point underdog. Getting Temple and Charlotte at home yeah, uh, late in the season, you, those are two games they could easily pull off at then. They may get to a bowl game. I mean it's very All right. possible. All right so you're saying 6 <laughs> and 6
0: ceiling, I'm saying 5 and 7 ceiling. Uh floor even I even got them winning I even got him winning three games as a floor. I think it's a very small margin here. I think they're either going to be 3 and 9, 4 and 8 or 5 and 7. Like
1: I say 4 and 8 to 6 and 6 is right. Yeah, like floor, they right? it's and and the difference between 4 and Four and eight and six and six, and you split it by one game. They lose one extra game. Is five five and seven in his first year. This is not a hard schedule. You have you you know. uh, Did the quarterback stay? You'd know more about that. the quarterback is still there. So they got a quarterback. Um, I think they're going to be very good on offense um, with this coach. Defensively, uh, you would know a little bit more about it than me. I I mean. This it's is not really
0: worse than they were this past They like, you up know, 622 yards in, to Temple in a game. Yeah. But, but it's going to be any worse on defense.
1: I do think that there, there'll be a, a lot better scoring offense, though. That's the yeah, one thing I don't I think you, I, this coach can put points on the board. Wherever he's been, he's been able to put points on the board. So even their losses won't be ugly. They could be 45, 35 type losses. And I think we've talked about this. If you're going to lose, don't lose ugly. Um, if you're yeah. gonna lose 45-35, it doesn't look like you got blown out. You were competitive. You could sell recruits. Man, this schedule they their their conference got worse. I mean, oh, this they,
0: conference is awful. They man.
1: literally are a Sun Belt conference
0: now. Yeah, this conference is awful. The Sun Belt's way better. The Sun has yeah. got the Louisiana teams. Man, yeah. <laughs> this thing is bad. Yeah, it's not good. Like this is bad. I mean, you got to think, man. Your your home schedule. I mean. You, you know, your home schedule, you get you so you get people in that want to see the band, and you get Alabama, and hopefully they won't, they won't mess around. They'll just let that game sell out and have 50,000 Alabama fans in there. You want,
1: you want Alabama to get to their third string real quick. Like, that's a game you just yeah. want to get your ass beat and not get anybody hurt. It's like exactly. 55 to 14. They empty their bunch out. They're playing, they'll, you know, like walk ons and stuff. So,
0: yeah, that did that. You got at home, you got Rice, Florida Jeez. Atlantic, Temple, and Charlotte. I mean,
1: those are four wins. Like, that, you
0: got, That's yeah,
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> you got FAMU, Rice, Florida Atlantic, Temple. And Charlotte, that's they're getting to five wins. They're yeah, getting I don't mean, that, those I don't aren't mean, even upset. Those aren't even upsets. Like that's
0: yeah. all, now all you need to do is slip on a banana peel at UConn or Western yeah. Kentucky. You got six and seven. Like yeah. I tell you, our boy, your, your boy took that job at the right time. Yeah, I mean
1: Navy. Navy was terrible last was,
0: year. Then they got a new coach. Like their awesome coaches gone. Like Navy yeah. was bad last year.
1: Well,
0: a, matter of fact, I'm gonna upgrade my ceiling to seven and five after talking to you. I'm at seven and five. Now. I'm at seven and five, four and eight is where I am.
1: So, Golish is gonna be,
0: uh, is gonna well, be coach gonna of the year. Twice as many games as Jeff Scott won. He's go twice as many games, as his, go as many games as his first year as Jeff Scott won in his entire tenure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you talk
0: about getting on at the right time.
1: I didn't know it was this bad. I'm like, you pulled the schedule up. Honestly, I thought this was like fucking I, – I thought I saw like Goldman High School on their
0: schedule. <laughs> boy, boy, it's going to be – you know what, man? I will tell you this. They'll be able to get kids at the transfer portal like, hey, listen, man. You can look like a superstar against the teams we face.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, God. All right. Now we go to what's going to be the most polarizing one of all. <laughs> we waited because we've got a little bit to talk about with Florida, so we wanted to wait there. Uh, all right, here we go. Florida Gators. Uh, uh they opened the season on September second at Utah. Oof. Then they come back home <laughs> and face McNeese. Uh, used to be McNeese State, now just McNeese. Tennessee on September 16th, Charlotte on September 23rd, at Kentucky on September 30th, Uh, Vanderbilt at home on the 7th, at South Carolina on October 14th. Then they're off. Then the annual uh, game against Georgia in Jacksonville, they followed that up with Arkansas on the 4th, LSU on the 11th, at Missouri on the on the eighteenth, and Florida State on the twenty fifth. Oh boy, oh boy, fish go just do your do your magic here, pal. Dude,
1: this this is a rough. <laughs> like, if listen, we both picked them to lose to Utah last year. They got to go back out there play a quarterback that torched them last year. That's back for his tenth season of college football. I, I mean. Like, you know Utah wants revenge for last year. I They're 0-1 there. McNeese will win that. Tennessee's a loss most likely. So they're looking at 1-2. and 2. Um, Charlotte's a win. Kentucky's tough. You, uh,
0: at Kentucky, too. At Kentucky,
1: 1-2. You got three losses there. They'll beat Vanderbilt um, this year at home, 1-2. Three, three, and three. I mean, there ain't a lot of freaking wins in there. You're look, This is ugly. I mean, they they may go from October twenty eighth or October fourteenth to no, November twenty fifth and not win a game. Wow. They may go one, two, three, three four, five. No. They may go. They may go six straight losses to end of the season. Damn. I mean, so, I mean, you know Missouri – listen, Missouri played them tough last year and they weren't yeah, no
0: Missouri, Missouri at home that late in the yeah. season.
1: Missouri That's got – you know, Missouri, it's going to be interesting. I was a Jeff Garcia fan. I think he'll he'll win the starting job there, and they finally got a quarterback. You know they got good receivers. Um, it, this is a type of team that – man, Napier's. it's going to be – he's got his hands full – He's going to get a third season, but it ain't going to be pretty. Like, there's going to have to be a lot of improvement in that offseason.
0: Yeah. So, you saying three and nine is the floor. What are you saying the ceiling is on this one?
1: I, I think if he gets the six wins, uh, that's his ceiling. I, I mean, maybe they, maybe they beat a South Carolina. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Arkansas at home. Uh, I don't – like – We've got to see how healthy they are. They're not a very deep team. No. Um, I mean, that Utah game is going to tell us everything we need, need to know. If they lose that, you win that, it gives you a 2-0 and start, and you could come out of that first month, you know, 4-2. and two. You know, you come out of those first four, six games, and then you're not underwater. But if they come out of that Utah game with a loss, uh, it's going to be a long season for the Gators.
0: For me, the thing is I no longer look at ten, like right now I look at Tennessee as an absolute loss. Yes. And I look and by looking at Tennessee as a loss, again, your best case scenario is four and one in September, but Utah, they're not they're not gonna be favored in that game, and they shouldn't win that game. No. And Kentucky, they're not gonna be favored in that game. That's gonna be a tough game for them to win. Yes. So it's like I'm like you, you see the three wins. The three wins are very clear. McNeese, Charlotte, Vanderbilt. At South Carolina, man, that's gonna be tough because South Carolina figured out how to play like after they got smoked by Florida last season. They figured out something. And all of a sudden they got real real good real fast. Yep. Georgia, come on, let's let's move on. Arkansas might be their only – really their best shot for a win in the second half of their schedule. And they're just a big, heavy, rough, tumble team that's going to run and just beat you up. And LSU, they ain't ain't winning at LSU. Let's put it that way. They probably ain't winning at Missouri. Nah. and if Florida State doesn't beat them in in, in the swamp this year, Mike Norvell's going to have a lot of explaining to do, so – uh, again, you can see the three wins. So three and nine is a pretty easy floor. I don't see the six wins is the question. That's the thing I
1: can see. Well, if they beat Utah, they could get to six wins okay. because because it, it, they could win an Arkansas game at home. Yeah, uh, that they gives. Win
0: at Missouri, I they guess.
1: could win Vanderbilt. Um, You know, they could possibly. Missouri's tough for them. For some reason, they struggle at Missouri. I mean, Georgia struggled out there last year. Yeah. Uh, so six wins, everything has to go right, um, and they got to stay healthy. I mean, they're not yeah. a very they're not a very deep team. I mean, man, I, if Graham Mertz goes down, I mean, who goes? To, I, I, do they run an offense at all? Like, do they just go wildcat the rest of the season? I mean, I don't know what the I don't even know who their backup quarterback is.
0: It would be Jack Miller.
1: Oh God.
0: Yeah, I mean, they don't. They, there's nothing. They have, their quarterback situation is awful, and you know, and Napier this past week he hired uh Austin Armstrong, a twenty nine year old coach from that he worked with at Louisiana to be his new defensive coordinator. He's losing coaches. Um, they've lost some depth. They just they didn't they didn't have the impact in the transfer portal I thought they would have, and I, I just. I know you say he gets a third year. I don't, I mean, if they go six, if he goes six and seven, three and nine, this fan base being the way they are, I can't guarantee he'll get a third year.
1: I like, just think they have so much invested in that staff and everything that he'll get a third year just based on that. I mean, it's not, it's, he's basically dead man walking going into year three, but I think he'll get that third year just because of the investment, the money. I don't know how you know how much money Gators really have to just buy another coach out. You know, um, they just bought Mullen out. They owe him a lot of money. They're yeah. they're they're paying this guy seven eight million a year. I mean, you're oh. talking he probably has three more years on that. You're talking thirty million dollars plus his staff, which is huge. They have like you know probably another ten million built up in that staff. It, you know, you got to pay all those guys to go away. I, I just He'll get a third year, um, unless there's like some sort of way out of his contract where Billy Napier found. You know, I mean, all what what program was it? Auburn was trying to find like a secretary that um, you know (laughs) Harrison was sleeping with. Like they went and found a girl that her her and her bikini and uh, you know again. Oh yeah, he hired this girl. she has a bikini on. He must be cheating on his wife. Oh, and Auburn man. tried everything. All like, Florida. Florida may be in that same boat.
0: Yeah, Auburn Auburn tried all that just so they could hire Hugh Freeze, I tell you. That's that's a sign of desperation. Well, nah. I just I don't know. Like I, I just I mean, I know their fan base. And I think to me, it's like if they go foreign eight, I mean he might survive. I think it's how they go four and eight, how they go five and seven, how they go three and nine. If they're getting rolled by teams, I don't see it. I just see this figures. we got to get rid of them. We can't afford to have, like, this isn't a Mike Norvell situation. And we had talked about this where Mike, he had pretty much given everybody an idea of his plan early. So when he had those back-to-back losing seasons, he still had a lot of support because he had kind of prepped them. And even though I think season two was more disappointing than he wants to let on, he had still prepped them for the idea that things were going to be a little a little tight. Those and he came back and won 10 games in season three. So now, you know, there's reason to trust them. Like Billy Napier has handcuffed himself a lot. Yeah. Like only taking Graham Mertz as a quarterback, like kind of
1: struggled. I think how they handled the whole – recruitment with this Jaden Rosada kid um, made them look real. But I, I think that's worse than the Travis Hunter situation.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um,
1: you know, Tra- I agree. At, at the end of the day, you need a quarterback. This is a kid that you supposedly uh, gave a better NIL deal than than Miami. Miami had him committed, And you supposedly stole him from Miami or out-recruited him. And then the kid at the end decides he's not going there. And, you, and you're – answer is graham mertz i mean like this guy graham mertz got a coach fired last year like yeah you know it's he he had he's a guy that the ceiling is 20 touchdowns if and he's got to do that like five of those touchdowns need to come in that mcneese state game you know like he needs to like really pad his stats against those two or three crappy teams at the beginning of the year because he's he's the type of guy that can average a touchdown a game, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just not a very good quarterback.
0: Not very good. Can't run. Doesn't. I mean, you know, you're not. You're he's not. A, he's not a mobile kid. So you've got to be able to protect him. You've got to have a lot of talent around him. And their skill position players outside of Etienne are pretty. You know, they're not. They're not guys that you, you that, that that are going to be a lot of first. You know, first team SEC potential guys. And you know, you look at the hiring. Of, of, you look at the hiring of Armstrong. Now, twenty nine. He's got a good reputation in this league. So, and in, in, in college football. So, you're, it's not a situation where you know this isn't potentially a good young coach. But it's like, do you know where you are? And do you understand that, like, you're you're in a place where they're gonna they're gonna get you you know, they're going to give you the the money to hire someone that might have a little bit more experience, a little bit more familiarity with the top kids on the recruiting trail. To me, this, is, this reminds me of what Norvell did hiring Adam Fuller. It feels like you're handicapping yourself again.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I don't know enough about this guy, but it's a tough situation to put yourself through when you're already under, like, he has to hit a home run with this guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, and it, like it could work. I'm not saying this couldn't work. Uh, he was a Southern Miss D coordinator the last couple of years. He was fun, you know. They had they put up great numbers. It's a different level of competition, man. Is what really what really bites you. It's just a different level of competition you're facing. And we'll see what they do. We'll see. Maybe he knows something we don't. I know one thing is that you need to get back. You need to you need to you need to down some Bucinetch. Get back to bed and relax a little bit. Yeah, you still have uh, a little bit of a road from recovery, so
1: we're gonna
0: end this one here.
1: I tried to fight through it, man.
0: I know you did. You did a great job. You were you were a uh, you were a tough guy. We're gonna give a shout out to uh, Justin Otto who handles our production. Give a shout out to my boy Craig Baronselli who still let us keep the uh, megaphone account so we can have our distribution. Um, and we just want to say thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back soon. You know, probably once as spring football gets in, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, should we give props out to our boy Demo? No,
1: yeah, it's he's it's, it's something that's going to happen soon. But I want to let him break his own news
0: man. yeah we'll, we'll see if we can get Demo on next week and uh, if you feel better and talk about that one alright so uh, we'll tie that on we'll just say what up to our boy Demo Chris Demaris. he was down on this way last week and it was uh, I know you had a chance to see him it was always good to see him oh yeah uh, when he's not when he's not doing cameos and rap videos he still manages to teach a little football every now and then so yeah. well, alright buddy You feel better, and uh, we'll talk real soon.
1: Talk to you later, buddy. Bye-bye.